Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. This is episode 28, and I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today we're going to be talking about daddy ball. Uh, daddy ball is one of the most controversial topics in the youth baseball world. In fact, it's so controversial that many Facebook groups have banned its discussion altogether. If you're new to this world and you don't know what daddy ball is, daddy ball is a term that we use when the coach favors their own kid or is perceived to favor their own kid over others at the detriment of the whole team. So basically, they always need their kid to be the star. Their kid might pitch in a big game when there may be better options. They may continue playing the entire game, for example, at shortstop, despite having several errors. And this is something that also may happen in high school sports as well, even if it isn't a dad coach, but just kind of, I guess you could say a lot of dads or moms have maybe some undue influence over the coach. And so in in high school sports, you'll hear it referred to as politics more. And in youth sports, it's referred to more as daddy ball. Yes, it definitely is. So daddy ball or mommy ball definitely has a negative connotation. But we do need to remember that most of these coaches, if not all of them, are volunteers. So I do remember a story where my husband was complaining about my oldest kid's coach when he was in uh, Little League, and uh, his friend said, well, you have so many complaints, it sounds like you need to coach. And I was like, what? <laughs> but I was like, good point. If, if you you know feel that you can do it so much better, you know what, volunteer. They need those coaches out there, so go ahead and volunteer, and, and you do it your way then. But we also need to address the coach's kid might be a great baseball player. So (laughs) there's, you know, they might be good. So he might really be the star of the team. (laughs) Yeah, he he might really be the star. Um, And then also, too, sometimes the coach is definitely harder on their own kid. So, uh, you know, we we definitely see all of those above uh, in daddy ball and mommy ball. We will share our personal thoughts and experiences later in this episode, but first, here are some thoughts on daddy ball experiences or some of our observations from a few of our listeners. The first one is, coaching my son in Little League was both awesome and terrible at the same time. He begged me to take over coaching after the season before his team went winless. After my first two weeks of coaching, we were 0-4, and my son thought maybe that I didn't know what I was doing. It was tough knowing my kid lost faith in me. We went on to win every game the rest of the season. We won our Little League championship and then went on to win a few games at the county tournament. The toughest part of coaching your own kid is that every kid listened to me but my own kid. (laughs) Thankfully, he listened well to my assistant coach. Uh, That is very true. I think that that is one of the number one reasons why coaches who previously coached their own kids stop coaching their kids, because I think that's true of just about every kid there is where they are much more apt to listen to any other adult on the planet but their own parents. So, yeah, you definitely see that a lot. That's a common theme, I think. Absolutely. Our next one is, my husband coached our son for years. When he turned 12, we agreed it was time for more. So we never wanted anyone to doubt or deny what he achieved because one of us was his coach. Not one game goes by that my husband doesn't miss being out there, but he knows it's time for him to hear things from a different perspective. That is also good. I think we're coming upon that too as our 13U kids are coming up to that as well. 
it's just, you know, you get more competitive and you want your kids to learn a little bit more. And so you, you bump up to the next level and, and you want a coach that's a different perspective. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I shared this story on the podcast before or not. My dad did all these really weird things, but he had this po- <laughs> he had this policy with Brian that when he went in Little League, he never wanted him to have the same coach twice. So after his first year of playing ball, he had a great coach. He really liked his coach. My dad really liked the coach. But apparently he requested to the board that my brother not have that coach again because he, I should back up and say my dad was a coach himself. He coached varsity, JV, youth sports, every level, every sport pretty much. But he just really felt like every coach has something to teach you. And so he felt like the more coaches Brian had, the better. So when the coaches went in to do their draft that year, you know, and the player agent said to that coach, like, sorry, you can't have that kid because his dad (laughs) requested that you not be his coach. He, you know, approached my dad and was like, you know, I I heard that you requested not to have me. Like, is everything okay? Did I, you know, did I do something to upset you guys? And my dad was like, oh, no, you know, like you were great. I just, I really like him to have different coaches every year. Who knows? Maybe he was onto something with that because as much as it is nice to build that huge bond with a coach year after year after year, you know, those kids are going to get so close with the coach and vice versa. There definitely is benefit to having other coaches as well, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I love that. I kind of love that about your dad. That's nice. (laughs) That is good to know. (laughs) Our next listener says that he has been the assistant coach to his son's 8U through 11U team. His son is now 15. He enjoyed both being in the dugout and sitting in the rocking chair next to his wife. He said that he tries to coach, so if a stranger walks by, the stranger wouldn't be able to tell who his son is by his coaching. And then he also mentions that he asked his son if he was okay with it before he said yes to head coaching this year, and he was okay with it. So it sounds like he coached him from 8 to 11, took off a few years, and now is back to coaching him again this year. But I really like how he says that he tries to coach so that strangers can't tell who his son is, because that's always a fun game that I play. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's fun, but like to me, it's fun. Right. When we play other teams, it's always a fun game to be like, who's coach's kid? And usually you can tell immediately. Like, it's so obvious because they're just screaming their kid out in a way that they would probably never talk to any other child. Absolutely. (laughs) So... Yeah, that, that is interesting because strangers do do that. They try to identify because I'm one of those strangers. They try to identify who Coach's kid is. So I'm curious if he's able mm-hmm. to pull that off. <laughs> I know. And I do appreciate that he asked his kid if it was okay because some kids, you know, they don't want their dad to coach and you are still like, well, I'm coaching you no matter <laughs> what. So, I mean, I really I really do appreciate that he asked his, his son yeah. if it was okay. Yep. So the next listener said, I have that time that I was coaching my youngest in T-ball. He never played after that season, and I often wonder if it was because of the other team's coach dropping an (laughs) F-bomb when he went to home plate to tag the player out after he caught a ball at the pitcher. There was a bunch that led up to that moment, but dad should never get worked up that much in a game, especially at T-ball. Yeah, not a very good coach, period. For real. So I'm not sure how much of a daddy ball issue this is as much as dads just, not just dads, moms too, No, need to just kind of chill out at t-ball games. And yeah. I, I know we've talked about this before where there seems to be an inverse relationship between the age level and like how out of hand coaches and parents get at games. And 
in our league in particular, we don't like to have high school kids ump the 8U games because the 8U parents are crazy and we don't know if the high school kids can handle it. So we make the high school kids ump the older games because parents have chilled out a little bit by then. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. That is, I know. And then you feel so bad for like those umpires. You're like, hey, his strike zone is big because like they're just trying to throw it in there. Like we're trying to move the game on. We can't be here for four hours. Like we need to move it along. Just calm it all down. Yeah. Calm down. And, and this is kind of off topic of daddy ball, but I'm going to bring it up because it fits in with out of control parents at T-ball games. Um, <laughs> I only umped one game ever in my entire life. And I was probably literally like 13 or 14 years old. My first time umping, somebody begged me to do it. So I went and umped a T-ball game, like with a T, a T-ball game. But I guess back in the day, we used to keep score during T-ball. I don't... Right. And probably made outs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which we they had don't outs. do now. But I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. But anyway, there were two outs, bases loaded, a kid hits the ball off the tee, and the quote unquote pitcher, <laughs> you know, ran forward to field the ball. Yes. Made the play, got the kid out at first base. Well, the runner crossed home plate before the throw at first base. And the mm-hmm. scorekeepers, you know, were like, did that run count? And I said, no, you know, run doesn't count. It was a force out at first. And I will also mention that the team that was up to bat at the time was winning 15 to nothing. And the dad and the his son were co-coaching the team, came up to me and like screamed at me in my face because I didn't understand baseball oh. because that run should count because they crossed home plate before the play at first base. And I was like... First of all, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. It's a force yeah. out. Uh-uh. Second of all, it's T-ball. And like right. third of all, I'm a 14-year-old girl that was forced to be here for no money and you're screaming me out like for no reason. Right? Like in yeah, there were no apologies or anything, but I told the guy afterwards, don't ever ever call me again. I will never ump another game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, totally ruins it. Like you could have been a great umpire, Diana. (laughs) No, I could not have. (laughs) I don't like confrontation. (laughs) No. (laughs) I just like to mutter under my breath when they make bad calls and that's it. (laughs) Right, 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 right. That's right. The typical thing, yeah. (laughs) All right. The next listener says, I was never a coach for his team, but I sure was the agent. There were coaches who had their kids on their teams. I saw this work and not work. Success versus disaster was tied to several things. The strength of the coach's leadership skills, the coach's equanimity quotient, and the health of the parent-child relationship. Did I say that right? You did. And I was going to say, first of all, kudos to this listener on her vocabulary, because I really appreciate the coach's equanimity quotient. (laughs) Right? I was like, I think I need to look that up. (laughs) But that is true, though. I mean, all of those things, yes, success versus disaster, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But yes, this listener was right on, spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this was a great way to explain whether or not the parent coach, we're going to continue saying daddy ball, but we're also including mommy ball in that when we say that. Yes. These three things really do play into whether or not it can be successful in our humble opinions, of course, because... This is just our observations, right? (laughs) And who are we? Just our own observations. Yeah. Yes. And I I don't have any specific stories. My husband does coach. He coaches for Little League as well. But I have noticed with some dads that they do push their kid extra. And sometimes it's cringeworthy extra. And you're like, oh, uh, just take it down a notch. You know, like it's just a game. You know, they'll, they'll get it next time. Calm down. And then there's other times where 
I've actually seen the the coach and the son arguing on the field. And then you're like, oh boy, like that just seems like it is a toxic relationship and it probably would be best for the dad or the mom to just step back and not coach at all and let their kid flourish without them because they're still going to be great and they're still going to learn. And, and if baseball's for them, they'll, they'll show and grow and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I will add that at least where we're at, the vast majority of coaches are dad coaches, right? Because we're playing yes. very few teams that have paid coaches. You only have so many members of the community willing to put this insane amount of time into a team, especially at the, well, even at the rec level, the rec level and the travel ball level or select ball oh, level. Yes. If they don't have a kid on the team. So 95% of the teams that we see, they are mom coaches, they're dad coaches. So we totally get that. But it, it does tend to be one extreme or the other in terms of how they treat their kid. Either they're just way too hard on them or they they favor them too much. And sometimes I think you can do both. Meaning yes, your kid maybe still gets a better spot in the lineup or still gets a favored position. But when Mm -hmm. they make a mistake or whatever, probably because you feel all the added pressure of all the parents judging you and your kid for every mistake that he or she makes, they're going to be extra hard on the kid. So the kid feels that pressure. The coach feels that pressure. And it's just it's not always a good thing. But we have both seen several instances where it works out just fine, too. Absolutely. And so we kind of already talked about this, how, you know, almost all these people are volunteers. And I feel like our generation, we have so many helicopter parents, and I'm going to include myself in there to some degree (laughs) because I can absolutely be a helicopter mom. Just ask my children. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we're so invested in our children's lives. So we kind of naturally, I guess, get upset with a coach if something in the exact moment doesn't appear to benefit our child. Like when they're sitting on the bench and you don't think they should sit the bench or batting lower in the lineup than you think they should or whatever it is. But it's going to happen to your kid. We kind of just need to chill out a little bit (laughs) sometimes, I think, and take a pointer from, you know, maybe the boomer generation a bit more and uh, and just kind of like let our kids be pushed, let our kids have difficult coaches who kind of push them and expect more of them and just let our kids fail, let our kids work it out a little bit more than, than our generation tends to do. And since I am a coach's wife, my husband doesn't coach my kids for every team or every sport, obviously, but he has coached both of my children. If you yourself haven't been a coach or your spouse hasn't been a coach, it's hard to understand how incredibly much time they put into this. Like, I mean, it is just absolutely insane because they're working a full-time job. They're probably sneaking in some coaching duties during their full-time job if they can, or they're at least least mentally thinking about it. They're coming home Mm -hmm. and they're working on lineups. They're talking to their co-coaches. They're buying equipment. They're studying drills. They're planning out practices. Like... It is absolutely insane how much time that they put into this. So I know it's hard to think about that as a parent when you just show up to games and watch and we criticize everything that we feel like they do, you know, everything that they do wrong. But it's it's a huge job. And I feel like we need to take a step back and remember that sometimes. And like Stephanie said, especially at the rec level, like, you know, it sounds like maybe you need to try out coaching if, you know, you think you can do it better. And maybe you can. You know, a lot of times you probably can. (laughs) Right. And then that's fine because they're always looking for volunteers. They're always looking for coaches. They're, uh, I mean, even those coaches are always looking for people to help them out on the team. So 
I think that's one of those things, teaching and coaching and being in the service industry. Those are like the main jobs that everybody should do to feel a little bit, you know, sympathetic and empathetic towards towards those areas. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if you've coached before, it's so much easier to understand where the coach is coming from in a lot of situations. We tend to look at our kids through our mom goggles or our dad goggles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, my kid's really good. There's no reason he should be batting ninth. Okay. And I'm going to use Xander as an example here because why not? He doesn't care when I talk about him. (laughs) So Xander, my older child, is a very good hitter. He's a phenomenal hitter. He will often be ninth, 10th, 11th in our team's lineup. Often, especially in the beginning of the season. And I could Mm -hmm. very easily be like, why is my kid batting last? And then I sit there and I look at our team because you have to remember when you're a coach, you're not just thinking about Xander and like, oh, he's a good batter. Where should he bat? He's thinking about all 11 kids. He's played a hundred different things into the lineup, you know, who's been showing up to practices, who's on a roll right now, you know, taking into account putting slow kids, how they mix them in with fast kids and like. There's a thousand different things that go in there. But when it comes down to it, every single kid on our team is a really, really, really good hitter. So when you think about it as, yeah. who should he bat in front of? Like, you know what I mean? And you're like, mm-hmm. if, if you can just take a step back and look at all of the different factors that they're taking into account. And that's just for batting lineup. But for positions, it's like, well, yeah, maybe they're yeah. better at second base than somebody else. But maybe they're also much better in the outfield than a lot of other people. And you have to balance so many things that um, it's easy for us to just focus on on our kid and what we think our kids should be doing, not just what benefits the entire team. So, right. yeah, it's hard to do. But if, if you're in a situation where you feel like daddy ball is a huge issue on your team, take a step back and try to look at it objectively as possible. And, and see if you can't understand the coach's position a little bit more. And maybe you're right. Maybe, he, you know, he or she is just really favoring their own kid and, and your kid's missing out. And I also want to bring up, here's another, I guess I'm talking about my dad twice this episode. <laughs> here's another quote from my dad. I had mentioned earlier on that he'd coached forever. And he's always said to me, like, because he can be a bit cynical <laughs> about coaching in particular, <laughs> that if a team's doing really well and they're having a winning season, You know, and if you listen to the community and the parents and everybody talk, it's because like, look at how good our kids are. You know, they're they're so successful. They're winning like crazy. We've got such good kids, which I'm sure you do. You know, I'm sure that's true. Mm -hmm. But if you have a bad season and the kids are not playing well and are not being as successful, it's always the coach's fault. (laughs) It's like you're never going to have a group of parents be like, our kids kind of just suck. Like, it's a really good coach, but our kids suck. Because that's not going to happen because we all have our mom Mm -hmm. and dad goggles on and it's going to be the coach's fault. So just try to keep that in mind because I feel like even if people don't necessarily call it quote unquote daddy ball, it's such a prevalent concept that this exists probably because it actually does. But the Mm -hmm. coach and the coach's kid are having this spotlight just shined right on them to where as soon as something goes wrong, that's the easiest thing I think for people to jump to is what is the coach doing to favor his kids and, you know, in our kids kind of getting the shaft, I guess. So I feel like if coach's kid strikes out, if coach's kid makes an error at shortstop, like heaven forbid, because every single parent on that team is going to take notice. Absolutely. 
He's under the microscope, yeah. So, yeah, the kid's under the microscope. The coach is under the microscope. So that's hard. Mm -hmm. And so I want to go back to what our last listener had mentioned when she talked about the three things that she takes into consideration to see if this can be a positive relationship. She says the health of the parent-child relationship plays a part in whether or not that daddy ball is going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use as an example here... It's not necessarily the the health, because I would say that both of my children have very healthy relationships with my husband. He's coached both boys in baseball. Um, He coaches Max, my younger son, more because he's been, like I guess, the co-coach for him ever since he started playing travel ball. Uh, For Xander, my older child, he was only coach of him in travel ball for one year. But Stephanie wasn't around that year. (laughs) So she may not know. I did not observe. No. (laughs) So you know how real common personalities can clash? Well, they Mm -hmm. have the same interests. They're like best friends. They get along great. But when you put them in that coaching situation, they just butt heads. And uh, Max, my younger son, is just, you know, he's just a different personality. And it's just always kind of worked out just fine for the two of them. And I actually think that it's healthy for them because Trevor and Xander kind of share more interests and can bond over, like, they want to talk about baseball all the time and look at baseball cards and watch these nerdy TV shows and stuff. And (laughs) Max isn't into any of that. So they, they have this coaching thing together, too, though, and Max loves being coached by his dad. Although I asked him, I was joking, so I didn't think he'd actually answer me because he like usually speaks in shoulder shrugs and nods and grunts most of the time. <laughs> but um, I asked Max before uh, we recorded this, I said, hey, Max, give me a quote about what it's like to play for your dad as a coach. And he got real serious and he said, get ready to be pushed. <laughs> so... <Aww. laughs> I guess he does feel like he's pushed a little extra, but it doesn't seem to bother him. Uh-huh. So anyway, I think your relationship with your child should definitely be taken into account if you're going to coach them because that relationship is so much more important than what their baseball season is going to be like. It's not worth taxing that if that's not going to be healthy for the two of you, even if you take all the baseball stuff aside. So it has to be like the right type of relationship for sure. I love that she noticed that. Mm -hmm. How does it seem to work with your husband and your kids? Do they kind of get hard on each other or butt heads at all, or does it seem to work out okay? Well, I always joke, and and we will do an episode on this in the future, but my husband, Patrick, never played baseball. He has horrible eyesight. He did <laughs> T-ball, could not see the ball, could not throw the ball. So his, his career ended there at T-ball. Now, I have played through Little League all the way up to high school, and I was actually the one that taught Keegan how to throw the ball and to catch and all of that. But all those dads seem to go and, you know, pull him in. And so Patrick is very nerdy in that aspect. Of yes, he is. Just like Trevor is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. So he is not like about the drills and things like that. I mean, he will help out. And so he's more of like the assistant. He will look at your lineup and kind of, you know, go through stats and, and he'll look up drills. And he is always eager to learn. Mm-hmm. And he is very knowledgeable about baseball now, which is amazing. It's great. But no, there's never been like that, Keegan, you need to get after the ball more or, you know what I mean? There's not ever that attitude. We leave that to his main coach. And so it's always been a a great positive experience in our book. So yeah, not an issue there, but I have seen it go both ways, just like you talked about. 
yeah, that's great. I was gonna say I I've only experienced seeing him with Keegan. I haven't seen him with you know your younger boys baseball teams, but I don't think I've ever seen Patrick and Keegan butt heads on a baseball field. So they no. seem to work out just. And fine. Patrick's demeanor is very laid back anyway. Like I am the intense. <laughs> Mom. I, I feel like our um, whole yeah. team is all like the intense moms, though. Like our dads right? are pretty chill. Have to pace and yeah, yeah. Our dads are chill, and our moms are like super mm-hmm. invested and like yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no. So he's very laid back, and so he's easy going with Keegan, where I'm too intense. So. That's great. Well, and you had mentioned in there that obviously Patrick is an assistant coach, and that he's happy to look over lineups and things like that. And I just wanted to mention something that has worked really well for Trevor in terms of coaching his own kid. Well, our entire time in travel ball, he has been a co-coach. Mm-hmm. So when he coached with my brother for, I'm losing track of how many years, I think five years, he coached with my brother. And so my nephew was on the team. Max was on the team. And one agreement that they made early on and they stuck to the entire time through was that, in essence, they kind of coached each other's kids. And I personally, I may be too close to it, but I never saw any issues like with nephews. It's not the same as your own kid, if that makes sense. Um, and so it did make it a little complicated, though, that it, it was still their nephews. But in terms of if we needed to make an important pitching decision, you know, my brother would say, like, who should we put in right now? Like, he wouldn't just put his own kid in to pitch. Like, Trevor would say, okay, we need to put in his nephew, Brian's kid, to pitch. Or when they went over lineups, um, I don't even remember which of them did lineups. I think I can't remember. But, like, let's just say Trevor made the lineup. He would make the lineup and Brian would kind of go over it. But before it was like written in pen, Brian would kind of say where he thought Max, my kid, needed to bat. And, and if there was like a real hard conversation that needed to happen, they would try to have it with each other's kids, not with their own kid. But I think it's really nice to have that. If you're coaching your own kid, have an assistant coach kind of be your, I don't know, your honesty meter, I guess. Right. And have, you know, right. you could have them double check like, hey, I was thinking about starting my kid at shortstop. Does that make sense? And give your give your assistant coach like freedom to tell you honestly, like, mm, you know, he made 14 errors there last weekend. Let's let's try somebody yeah, else. Let's try somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that is a great scenario. Yeah. Someone to bounce the other ideas off of that's, you know, not your core kids that are playing at all the games. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that's good. I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he still does that now. He co-coaches with somebody else since they're on a different team, but they both still do the same thing. Or at least I think that's the plan. Anyway, that's just a suggestion that seems to work fairly well in their situation. And I wanted to bring up, we've talked about whether we called it that or not. We've kind of talked about the daddy ball or dad coaches in previous episodes. So recently we talked to Lennon Guzdala and he mentioned that his dad was an assistant coach of his in Little League and in Travel Ball all the way through. And he loved having his dad as his coach. He said it was, he said, especially now, that's what I thought was so sweet because he's kind of, well, he's a grown man now. So he can look back and really appreciate how nice it was to have his dad as his coach. But he, you know, he did admit that in the moment, I think his words were sometimes it was the worst thing in the world. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he said that, but overall it was a very positive experience for him and he loved having that to look back on. And then, so Lolly Esquivel and Mark Jeb, those are two different episodes that we did where they were very successful dad coaches and 
very successful. I mean, obviously it's hard to say because we were talking to the coaches themselves. We weren't talking to the other parents on their team. We kind of skirted around that question a little bit with Lolly, but I mean, from what I can gather, his team is so incredibly talented and so competitive, and his kid is right up there, uh, from what I could tell, as one of the better ones on the team, that I think it would be really hard for anybody to argue that with him. Um, and, and obviously, when you're winning every single game that you ever play in a single season, it's like, what what are you going to complain about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Obviously, he had something figured out. So, right, absolutely. Yeah. We didn't exactly talk mm-hmm. about it, but it was a very successful dad coach, so I wanted to throw that out there. And then Mark Jeb, who I know a little bit more about from the dad coach experience, he was also in a situation where, you know how we had mentioned, like sometimes the dad's kid is maybe the best kid on the team. Jason Ball in another episode mentioned that, yeah, no, Mitch was probably one of the best ones on the team. And so, again, it probably helped that his kid was very good, but he had parents stick with him the entire way through. Absolutely loved him. I've never heard a negative thing said about him as a coach. So he obviously was able to figure out that balance. And and he coached him not just in travel ball all the way through 18U, but he was also assistant coach of his varsity team. So, I mean, he he was involved (laughs) in everything. Absolutely. And I thought it would be worth just briefly updating listeners on Mitch Jeb. Again, that's this is relating back to episode 20, where we talked to his dad. Mitch is doing extremely well. He's a true freshman at Michigan State. He earned the starting shortstop position at Michigan State. And from that's great. From what I can tell, he's been generating a ton of buzz. Um, I've already seen like national articles and a D1 sports podcast. He was like that their crush of the week. <laughs> I guess, because he's doing some really big things and generating a ton of excitement at Michigan State. So he's doing very well. It's early, but yes. Good for him. Yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. And then finally, we also talked to Joanne Ignatius in the youth politics episode. And she had mentioned, you know, they kind of had a negative experience their very first year in travel ball. And so you know how we had mentioned if you're not happy, take your kid and do it yourself and try to do it better? Well, that's what they're doing. Yes. And early on, they were very successful at putting a new team together. We haven't talked to them to see how their new season has gone because it's so early in the season. But, right. you know, and that also kind of relate, relates back to Patrick and Trevor's first episode, you know, where they talked about the five different types of travel teams. And one of the teams oh, yes. was literally called My Kid is a Shortstop Team. and it was like you're unhappy with the daddy ball happening on your current team so you take your kid and you do your own daddy ball team but my point to that is we make fun of that for being a thing but oftentimes it it can be a good and it can be a positive thing and somebody can take that um, and turn it into a really good thing so those are just some examples there of people that we've talked to in the past that have had experiences with dad coaches and at least so far, they all seem to be quite positive for the most part. So, Stephanie, do you want to talk about what we've kind of noticed are some characteristics that make up great coaches? Absolutely. So one of the characteristics we've noticed are motivating the players, how they stay positive, enthusiastic, and they truly care about the kids. Now, uh, it takes a person, I mean, when they're losing or they're making error after error, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. And we have noticed that, you know, some of those great coaches are able to pull their kids out, shake it off. Let's do this. You can get back. And then the kids come back and they dominate. So it definitely having that motivation and that positive attitude 
is a great characteristic to have. Yeah, and I think kids can put up with a lot from a coach being hard on them if they can understand on some level that it truly is coming from a good place and they know, you know, how much that that coach cares about them and cares about their development and it doesn't just feel what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't just feel toxic, you know? Right. If you're able to convey to the kid that you do truly care about them, they're going to put up with a lot from you and you can coach them hard, but it takes the right Right. person to be able to do that. (laughs) Right. And I'm not just saying just like, you know, be all fluff and nice. Like if you need to ream the kid out, you need to (laughs) ream the kid out. Like you do you. Yeah. But if you're constantly negative on that poor kid and making other comments like, oh, you're not very fast and, you know, you're too slow, you're too slow. I mean, that's that's not that's not going to motivate anybody. No, absolutely. You have to build them up, too, or you can't just Mm -hmm. you can't just keep tearing them down. Yes. The next characteristic that we see would be obviously knowledgeable about the sport. Like, right. Even we even see it now. Like, you don't have to be a college baseball player to coach. You don't need to do that. I mean, yes, you played and that's great and that's amazing. That doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing coach either, but you do need to know about the sport and how it's played and the rules because those come in handy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes I would argue someone who didn't originally know a lot about it could almost end up being more knowledgeable as a coach because they know that they don't know much. So they put in a lot of time and effort into learning it versus somebody who just assumes that because they played 20 years ago that they already know everything that there is to know about the sport. That's right. Good point. Yeah, they're willing to research and look into it more. Good point. The next one we see would be like a good strategist. So you need to know about, you know, when to have the kid steal, what kid needs to steal, pick off, batting, pitching lineup, shift in the outfield, you know, all of those different things you need to know to be a good coach to uh, help your kids out there. Right. Absolutely. And then also hopefully teaching them to start making those decisions as well, right? Well, not the lineups. They're not going to make their own lineups, but just just things about, you know, what sorts of pitches to throw in what situations and, you know, when to make the pickoff moves and and things like that. Hopefully at some point they're also kind of enabling and teaching the kids how to make those decisions. Absolutely. And then, of course, we all believe, you know, with Little League and Rec um, in the beginning, development, development, development. We've always heard that. But having that balance between development and winning is a great combination because you can't constantly be development and then the kids don't win a game because that's not fun. No kid is going to want to stay in baseball if they're not winning or having fun. You know, you just feel very defeated. So you need to have that right combo. And then I can definitely see where sometimes people will see that it's daddy ball, but you are just trying to help the team, you know, win to get that play. And so, yeah, the coach's kid does play shortstop or he is the pitcher, but right now he's the only kid that knows how to throw it down, you know, down the base. So, I mean, I get it, but it it is a good, a good balance between the two. Yeah. You mean throw across home plate? (laughs) That's what I meant. Yeah. I didn't mean down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking to throw it straight (laughs) in a line. You're so funny. (laughs) I already have T-ball and coach pitch on my mind and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be an intense season. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, 
I'll add one more thing, and, and we actually just mentioned it, but I'll elaborate a bit on something that I that I see as a great coach characteristic is, like I said, somebody that's still a student of the game, and, and you just see the passion and the enthusiasm to constantly want to learn more. You know, they're watching baseball videos, they're talking and learning from other coaches. So somebody that understands that they, they still have more to learn, but this is to me important, confident enough in themselves that they aren't easily swayed by parents trying to implement their own little versions of mommy daddy ball by having coaches ear right and this is where we get into like the whole uh, youth politics that we've talked about in the Mm -hmm. past or politics and sports where somebody isn't coach of the team they don't have that sort of time or energy but they still want to uh, make sure that coach you know knows their own opinions of what their kids should be doing and in a young, inexperienced, kind of naive type of coach, maybe swayed by that, you know, versus somebody that can yep. just kind of put their foot down and say, like, I'm the coach, you know, like, I signed up to do this, you guys approved me to do this, like, unless you're, you know, my assistant coach, and I'm kind of asking for your input, let's just be a parent, and I'll be the coach, and we'll see how it goes, you know, and I, yeah, I, I wish I could remember where I saw this, but I very recently just saw a video about a coach talking about in a varsity game situation, he was talking about this exact issue where uh, parents were constantly in the coach's ear and trying to tell him what to do and what his lineup should be and who should be playing where and and who should be pitching when. And he got, and he just kind of got so sick of it. And they went to an away game uh, before the game. All the teams that were there, they were announcing the teams and the coaches and the players beforehand, almost like an opening ceremonies uh-huh. type of thing. And the coach, when he filled out the card, when it asked for like it asked him to put who his assistant coaches were, he listed all of these parents that were bugging him and trying to give him advice constantly. <laughs> so he like listed them as assistant coaches. I guess the parents didn't take take too well to it, but I guess to some degree, maybe he got his point across. I don't know. Right, right. Absolutely. And I will say it again. Coaches, majority of the coaches we see are volunteers. If you feel like you can do better or you want to help out, go ahead. Volunteer. Ask to help out. You do your thing. Don't sit there and complain. That doesn't help anybody. Right. And again, like we had said, daddy ball is a topic that everyone wants to talk about because it absolutely happens. We've all seen it happen. And if your kid's in a really toxic environment where you see them losing their love for the game or or maybe even worse, then, you know, find a new team for them. Um, yes. Don't. I, we're not saying that daddy ball isn't a thing and just stay on your team and suck it up. Like, right, no. Find a new yeah. team for them or take them and start your own teams. <laughs> and this is where I joked about start mm-hmm. your own daddy ball team. But but really, if, if you think you can do better, you know, find a new team, start your own team. The, and this is just my little piece of advice. If you're looking at coaching your own kid, I think that you should kind of ask yourself this question to make sure you're doing it for the right reason. Again, this is assuming you're not just stepping up to volunteer because, like, no one else will do it. Because if that's what you're doing, then good on you. And, like, (laughs) do the best you can. (laughs) But kind of as a gut check, ask yourself what your motivation is. Why do I want to coach or why do I want to be assistant coach for my kid's team? 
you know, and really truly think about it. Be honest with yourself. Is it because you're mad about a daddy ball situation and now you want to coach a team so that your kid can, you know, finally do what you thought he should do before so your kid can play shortstop so your kid can be the starting pitcher? Is it so that, you know, you want to make sure your kid's the first hitter or the cleanup hitter or whatever it is you think your kid should do that didn't happen before? Is this why you're doing it? Or if it's for an assistant coach position, is it because you want to have the coach's ear to do this? Or do you truly think that you have you know, the time, energy, motivation, eagerness, skill level to get together a group of young players and develop them and put together a competitive team. Because if that's what it is, then do it, please, because we need a lot of good coaches. Yes. Um, And Stephanie keeps talking about, you know, volunteering. And I will say I'm the player agent for our local Little League team and just finished signups yesterday. And so one of our questions on our registration forms is, of course, talking about volunteering. And I list all the different options of what you could be possibly volunteering to do. It's just saying, what are you interested in? You know, and they have to choose one of them. (laughs) That's to like to click the submit (laughs) button. They have to choose one option. But the options are like coach or assistant coach. You know, you could help run concessions, help do field maintenance. There's a list of things. And then the one at the very bottom says none of the above. Because we do have a volunteer deposit where if you don't volunteer, then you don't get your volunteer deposit back. So technically they can choose Ah. that and they can donate the deposit to the organization. And I will say well over half of our families chose, nope, don't want to volunteer. (laughs) Like they, you know, didn't even click a single thing that they they were interested in. So, you know, and obviously the number of people that chose coach or assistant coach were very few and very far between. So we need more good coaches out there for our youth programs, definitely. Absolutely. And that was uh, Pop Fly way back there and caught. So that's going to end our inning. And on deck for next week, we will be talking to Derek Hurley. Derek played baseball at a Division I college and also played in the minor leagues. So we will be talking to him about his baseball career as well as what he's up to now, which includes working for a brand new company that specializes in a one-of-a-kind batting glove protection technology. Feel free to follow us on social media at Moms in Baseball. You can also join our Facebook group called Parents in Baseball. Until then, have fun at the fields. We'll see you next week. Do you want me to retry that one? <laughs> yes, please. I was like, I was trying to put it in my own I know. words, but then his words are all I jumbled. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to fix this. Uh-uh. Our next one says that he's assisted co- well that wasn't any better. <laughs> <laughs>